Big Show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, reminding you the top 60 and 60 is back here on The Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as they catch down at the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union Icon and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon. Yes. Are you prepared for what's going on today? I am prepared. By the way, can I just throw something out there real quick? I read something the other day that was uh, saying that Bryce Harper should be considered for MVP this year. Wow. Drugs are bad. Was it his Facebook? Yeah, was it his mom? (laughs) Sorry, I was just relishing that the Phils are in first place in the East, in the NL East. Setting up for a big old choke. Probably. Joe Ingles joined DJ and PK, which is cool, his relationship with the station, because he's in Utah for about, like, 30 minutes, and he managed to uh, jump on with those guys. He's amazing in that regard. Yeah, he's got, he's awesome. Really provides kind of a, a fun window into, into what's going on with him. But uh, he, he jumped on with those guys, and we wanted to give it uh, do it justice. So here's a little more than 10 minutes of, of Joe's conversation coming off the bronze medal win. I personally, if I think if I won an Olympic medal, which I'm not going to, but if I did, I think I would wear it around when I drop kids off at school, just wear it to the grocery store or whatever. Just wear it. Uh, yeah, I, I actually took, I took Jacob to school yesterday and all his teachers when I dropped him off were very surprised that I didn't have it on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the last 72 hours that I went through before that, before landing here, was pretty rough. So, um, yeah, good to take a break. I heard there was some commotion at the airport that people were waiting for you. Would you come in on Monday night? Um, I have no idea what day it is now, and I don't know what day I got in. Um, but, I mean, it, people are there, like my family, is that they're the only people that I wanted at the airport. Right, but um, I heard that people knew you were coming in with your with your, with your your medal and everything, and they were there to congratulate. Maybe not, but that's what I'd heard. Yeah, someone liked you. It was just my family. Well, after everyone was real cool, then after you turned around and walked away, people were staring at you then because there were people texting on the plane and going nuts and all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious, you you told us you wanted the you wanted a medal, and Australia had been 0 for 8 in games with medals on the line, and you lost the semi, so it was 0 for 9. So I'm curious, in the middle of that game, knowing how bad you wanted it, was it just another basketball game, or was it a different deal because you knew what was at stake every minute of the game? Um, I mean, it was it, it was probably the most different feeling I've had in a basketball game, if, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, like you said, I think all time for, for playing off for a medal, whether that be the semifinal or a third, fourth game, we were 0-11. So, um, obviously, as a country, our first Olympics was 1964, I think it was, which was in Tokyo, um, which is coincidental, but... Um, so to go through all those Olympic campaigns and, and World Cups, obviously, between that as well, but, but never medal. And um, 
we built this thing for 12 years since, since Patty and myself joined it in 2007, 2008. Um, obviously, the goal was to, to win a gold medal. That's what I don't think any team was going there to lose or to, to not play well or, or whatever. And um, once we lost the semi-final to, to the US, um, it's a it's a weird feeling because you're frustrated because you lost the game and we were up 15 at one point in that game. So we knew, obviously, we could have beat them. We kept it and played um, a bit more consistently. Obviously, we knew how good a team they were. Um, and it's a hard thing and I think what we've struggled with in the past is I guess the mental part between losing that game and in 36 hours having to back it up to, to still play off for a medal and we've the last three four in the group the guys that had been there those last few campaigns there was, there was just no way we were going to lose um, obviously we were up against a, a hell of a team and, and obviously Luca, but um, the, the vibe was really good within that group, and I obviously personally feel like we, we were just never going to lose that game. So you talk about how this is a 12-year mission, basically, for Australian basketball. Uh, how much have you seen the Australian basketball as a whole in a country, and then in your particular case, the national team, progress over those 12 years? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 65-year mission, really, since we first made the Olympics, but it's um, obviously, since I've been involved, we've been going pretty hard on this. Um, I think a lot of it, too, is that the mindset that, that teams or organisations or whatever it is, businesses have. And um, We never had a... Not that we ever had a bad culture or, or mindset, but I I think the, the 12 years ago, 10 years ago, once we, we'd been to a, a campaign or two, shifting the mindset from just dying and obviously hoping to, to win some games to, like, we, we, we can win this thing. Like, we can genuinely, and, and obviously, like I said, it took time. But I remember 2008 and 2012 in, in Beijing and London, we crossed over with America. And, I mean, going into the game, I was young and pretty immature as well. But um, we knew for us to win that game, something pretty miraculously had to happen. And... The, the mindset shift from from then to what it has been for the last kind of eight years of, of these last few campaigns and, and World Cups and stuff, um, we've gone to, to win the tournament out of the 32 teams of the World Cup and the 16 of the Olympics. Um, our mindset has been to, to win a gold medal. And that's been, obviously, you guys have, have heard us talk about it. It's been in the media. It's been every interview we've talked about. And... It's it's a very different mindset than what we had in 2008. Um, even the guys, one of our assistant coaches was my roommate in 2008, and, and the captain of our team then. And he, he would tell you our coach was our coach that we just had. He was our same coach in, in Beijing as well, and very very different mindset. And the gold medal and the, the, that mindset wasn't just the players or the the, the, the coaches. It was the, the staff. It was the physios. It was the Basketball Australia admin, it was the, the media lady we had. Everybody had to have a standard of gold medal. Like that's the that's the standard. If you don't want to kind of advise to that standard, then we don't want you a part of this this this. Uh, it's not a not an organisation, but this uh, this team, I guess. And um, it, it's taken some time, and, and I think obviously we've got got great people in in all those roles and. Everything we did from from the minute we got to Irvine in in Los Angeles for our first camp was a gold medal standard, and I think 
the disappointment from the US game and then to, to bounce back the way we did and again obviously giving Slovenia and Luca a lot of credit because I don't think anyone even expected them to be in the tournament from, from the teams they had to play as well to, to even qualify and for them to get through that and keep playing and, and make the top four is a, a hell of an effort and um, again we knew what we were up against but um, yeah I just like I said before I, there was just no doubt in my mind we were, we were going we to lose that game. So what do you need to do now as far as preparing for the season? Do you need to just veg for a little bit, or how are you going to handle that? I mean, in the nicest possible way, I haven't even thought one second about it. Um, again, it's been a, a hell of a five or six weeks and 12 years leading up to this. And um, right now I'm enjoying my time at home with, with the kids and heading away tomorrow for a little bit just to spend some some time on the beach with, with the kids, Bella and Jacob. I've only talked about Dad and the beach for about two months here, so we're going to go spend some time together. Um, I haven't spoken to one person from the Jazz yet in terms of um, when to be back or, or what the scheduling looks looking like. Um, I think they're in. I don't even know. I think they're in Vegas right now, aren't they? Yeah. I don't even know where they are. Yeah. Um, I've been honestly completely kind of switched off from that part of the world. Uh, we've, we've been so locked in on on this goal and. Um, yeah, once I get a couple of days here away, I'll, I'll obviously reach out to some people and, um, yeah, just kind of see what the plan going forward is. But, um, yeah, to, I guess, simply ask and answer your first question, a, a bit of rest is definitely first and foremost, and um, spending time with my, my family. Joe Ingles joining us. Joe, you're going to trash talk Rudy. I mean, he gets silver, you get bronze, but that's just because they ran into the United States later and you ran into him earlier. I think you're going to have a word with him. Well, they're the only team that lost in the last two games, I think. America won, and we won. So <laughs> they're the only team that got a, got a medal and lost. So, um, but no, no, it was... I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the way they played the the second round or whatever you want to call it, they kind of just pulled them out of the hat and you just get kind of placed wherever. And obviously a couple of teams you can't face with, with the seedings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was obviously happy for him as well and um, got to see him, uh, obviously, at the, the medal celebration. And, um, yeah, happy for him. I don't know where he is either right now. I think he's in Paris somewhere. Um, but, yeah, pretty cool to, to have two guys with, with medals coming back. And, um, obviously, at some point, we'll, we'll get back to the, the facility and have plenty of, of stories to share. So do you even know that the Jazz re-signed Conley, signed Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, and traded for uh, Pascal Mitchell's friend? Um, yeah, I know a little bit of peace I've, I've honestly been so switched off from it. Um, again, not in a, a negative way or anything, but I've, I've tried to stay so locked in on what this goal was, and, and obviously it was worth, worth every minute of it because we, we brought a medal home. But um, obviously you do see the things that have gone on and um, yeah my phone blew up a couple of times with some nice trade rumours which was nice to wake up to when I was trying to get ready for a, a semi final and everyone's asking me when I'm leaving yeah, what do you um, think about playing for the Warriors Joe? <laughs> I mean part of it's like it, it obviously pisses you off because you especially me like I've obviously never asked or thought about leaving um Obviously, a part of it is out of my control. If they don't want me, then they don't want me. And I'm not going to sulk about it. I'll go. I'll uh, I'll do whatever I'm kind of told to do or traded to do, whatever the... I don't know how. I've never 
really been in any of those rumours. So, um, yeah, obviously I woke up and was a little bit surprised, I guess. But, um, again, uh, I, think I, I think I called Renee and was like, what the F? And then, <laughs> again, it was like, obviously it's out of my control. And I've had, at the time I had way bigger things going on and um, had friends texting me asking what's going on and, and if it's true or whatever. And, I mean, you're better off calling. I said, I've told all the I mean, you guys could ask somebody, Justin, but out of my control. So I was trying to get ready for our our games and, and focus on that. And um, obviously, a little bit of a distraction, but it is what it is. It's part of uh, part of a part of this business. Well, you know, the other way to look at it, and possibly you don't look at it like this. The other way to look at it is the Warriors aren't making any moves without Steph Curry signing off on stuff. Somebody wanted you, and. That they that there would be any traction at all. The offer must have been pretty good, and the Jazz apparently didn't want to do it because you're still playing for the Jazz. Does any of that flatter you? Any part of that? Or the Jazz really wanted to get rid of me, and they couldn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a bronze medal, and I'm going to the beach tomorrow. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, it's it's a part of the business. Um, I guess the only the different awkward part or whatever was I, was I was obviously heavily focused on something and my, my phone was blowing up with something obviously at that point kind of something that I didn't want to be thinking about so obviously glad nothing did happen um, like I said I've only really played here um, and I've, I've obviously openly said that I only want to play here but um yeah, I guess it could go either way, but my guess is that you're going to be here. You're going to retire here. They're going to have a Joe Ingles day and all that stuff uh, in the short term as far as that. Uh, is it something that uh, you've been able or, or after they made these moves, I don't even know if you've, you've spoken out, you've been so preoccupied if you believe that the team is better now, because it looks like on paper to us anyway, and obviously we've been talking about it, that, man, you guys got a you got a really good shot, if not a better shot than you had this past season, next season. Yeah, obviously, obviously bringing Mike back was a, a big piece of that, and to, to be able to get that done, and um, and then the other, the, the other guys we got, um, all bring I guess a, a bit of a different um, a different look to what we what we had last year um, and previous years. So um, we're probably a bit deeper, which is good as well. And um, yeah, it, it's something again. Obviously, I haven't thought too much about. It. You're literally the first person that I've thought about it with or spoken to with. So um, yeah, you know, I you obviously go in, especially from my point of view, you go in pretty confident with. Um, what the organisation's going to do and, and the ownership's going to do and um, obviously they did what, what, what was felt was, was needed for, for our team and um, obviously on the, the flip side of that now it's on the players on, on us to, to go out and execute and, and do what we need to do and, um, and obviously get further than last year and, and, and keep going going forward and forward so um, yeah, it'll be, be nice to again like I said get away for a couple of days here and sit down and, and have a look at it all and um, obviously start reaching out to some guys and um, almost kind of switching hats back to, to the jazz slash NBA. Um, the Joe Ingles show yeah, from I'll this morning. 
with DJ and PK here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How uh, how hard would that be where you're trying to win a medal for your country? Obviously, that's very important to Joe, but have so much going on uh, with his career in the NBA. I mean, it will, will be difficult for guys like Damian Lillard. I mean, there were a number of players who were kind of in that flux where I guess you'd really have to trust your, trust your agent, right? Well, I look at it this way. Nobody who is comfortable where they are wants to worry about going who knows where. You know? That'd be like, think about it, Jake, if, if you were working for some corporation somewhere and you started hearing rumors that they were going to ship you off to Albuquerque or who knows where. Be tough. So uh, I, I get it. And, and it was funny because when they asked him, when DJ was trying to say, hey, don't you take it as a compliment that some other team wanted you? And he's like, you know, that of the Jazz were looking to get rid of me and they couldn't find. Uh, yeah. I mean, Joe seems really comfortable here and has said he wants to play here. And so I'm, I, I figure that was upsetting to him. To hear that, I mean, you can understand it. Well, it's the hard part of the business, right? <clears throat> you know, if, if Joe did have the value where the Jazz felt like it was in the best interest of the franchise to trade him, I'm sure they would do it. Yeah, they but, have to do what they what is what their job is. But because of his role on the team, where he's a glue guy, we've talked about that, and his um, part of the journey, his role in the community, I mean, all these things, I would guess that they would give Joe the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean— it, it would they would move him if it would benefit the franchise. But if it came down to kind of a 50-50 kind of call, you know, I, I would think that they'd rather have Joe back, you know? Which do you think would be more important to him? Winning a medal at the Olympics for Australia, because it seems like that's really important to him, or winning an NBA title? He's answered that question on DJ and PK, and I'm trying to remember what the answer was. I think it was like a 50-50 kind of thing, because... Or if not the medal. Was it was because it the gold he, medal that he, he was comparing it to, I wonder? He was talking about, I, oh man, I don't want to misrepresent him. Okay. But I, let me put it this way. That bronze medal is really important. Yeah, you him. could tell. That, that That's a really, really big deal. Not that an NBA championship wouldn't be either, but representing his country and, and working toward that goal over a, what do you say, 12-year period of time. Yeah. And and to accomplish that, I, I think, meant a lot to him. And we've talked about it before, Jake. Uh, that was his introduction to basketball. It, it wasn't. He didn't grow up loving the NBA. He grew up loving his national team and the guys who were involved in that. And that was his goal, and to play at, at, at that level. So you can understand it. Although the Jazz are the ones paying his salary. A handsome one at that. Indeed. Yeah. Okay, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. This comes from Ralph Amsdead. says, I listen to way too much Pac-12 region sports radio, and there's a ton of personalities that I like. But David DJ James and PK Kinahan in Salt Lake, they are elite. So, boys and girls, we are elite. All right. So, boys, I'm elite. And my supporting cast, Jay Catch and David James, they're elite, too. I don't know how to put this but i'm kind of a big deal catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. BYU camp rolls on down in Provo. Of course, the big story continues to be who is going to be QB1. Kalani Satake talked about which quarterback uh, has best leadership qualities. All three of those guys can do that. So I don't know if one's better than the other. I'm just I'm glad that, that uh, we have this problem with uh, three guys that can play. And, and and I'm seeing some really good things from the other guys as well. So, I mean, right now, because all three of those guys handle that stuff really well, it's it's what I want to see on the field and what I want to see in the in the, uh, in the meeting rooms and seeing how they kind of connect with A-Rod. That's going to be that's going to be the, the key that separates one from the other. We'll have Cougar updates for you at the 30s of every hour right here on the Zone Sports Network. This update brought to you by SNS Roofing. Roofing is uh, SNS Roofing is your locally owned roof repair experts for a free quote and for all of your roofing needs call SNS Roofing today. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson presented by Big O Tires with the lowest price on every tire every day with no credit needed financing options available Big O Tires the team you trust Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Real quick, Gordon, uh, we were talking about architecture and stadiums around here, and we probably stayed on that topic too long. But uh, our friend Hugh Chasta trailer looped in Klauke uh, talking about um, um, Smith's ballpark. And uh, Klauke gave us a little history lesson real quick. I thought we'd uh, we'd go through this. All right. He says, uh, as far as Smith's Ballpark, it opened in 1994. They tore down Dirks Field after the 1992 Trappers season. Of the current ballparks in the current league that the Bees played in, it or play in, it's the second oldest behind Tacoma. But get this, Tacoma Stadium was built in 1960. Wow. That's pretty crazy that, yeah. they, that they've got that rolling. I wonder how... Uh, traditional it is, you know. Or dumpy. Right. Uh, that's kind of, thank you for cutting through the... But the fact that Smith's Ballpark is one of the oldest, I mean, you you wouldn't you wouldn't think it from looking at it. It's held up wonderfully. Yeah. yeah and, I and couldn't of course, agree more. The style, since the style is retro anyway, then, you know, you kind of want it to look a little on the more antiquated side. With all the modern conveniences, of course. Can we can we um, can we uh, step away from sports for just one moment because this is something that we need to run past Austin, who's who's the most bitter of the three of us. Okay. Real quick. All right. There's a, there's a story uh, out there. I think I heard Hanson Scotty talking about this yesterday. But anyway, Quentin Tarantino um, and his relationship with his mom. He's uh, stonewalling her in the money well, department. Well, Lord, let's oh. get to the story here. Oh, okay. Do you need to? Sorry. Do you need to? Not a speed bag when I was a kid. Yeah, just cut right through it. Okay. Uh, During a recent appearance with a uh, a podcast, the director and writer talked about his relationship with his mom. Uh, He said that his mom once told him his, quote, little writing career, unquote, (laughs) was over. 
And uh, Quinn's reaction was, and I'll just quote what he said. He said, quote, I go, okay, lady, when I become a successful writer, you will never see one penny from my success. There will never be, there will be no house for you. There's no vacation for you. No Elvis Cadillac for mommy. You get nothing because you said that, unquote. He did say, though, that he did give her some money after she got into, quote, a jam with the IRS, unquote. He added, uh, there are consequences for your words as you deal with your children. Uh, Remember, there are consequences for your sarcastic tone about what's meaningful to them. All right. Austin, the, the, the bitter soul that you are, you are your thoughts. Okay, so uh, I think there's many questions remaining as to the details and background of said upbringing. Perhaps there's more to this than just this one moment. You see what I'm getting at? Uh-huh. Would I do this to my mom? No, because my mom is, is a very good mom. And, and when she would see that I had a dream or an aspiration... She would remind me of the reality of the situation, but she never shot it down or anything. Right. She okay. she was encouraging and set me up to succeed or whatever. So I wouldn't do this to my mom. But I have and will and always will continue to do this to other people who have doubted me or shunned me or or questioned me. So yes. mom gets the, the latitude, but others not well, so close Well, it's the body of work. Yeah, okay. It's All not, right. you know. All right. that, makes, that makes some sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, think about all the things mom has done for you. You know, so if she makes one mistake, come on. I would advise Quentin to be a forgiving soul in this regard. If his mom really loved him and tried to help him along the way, if she was, you know, hammering him all the time about this, that, and the other, then maybe the relationship isn't that good. But if, if she was responsible in other ways— then, uh, then I, for his own good, I would tell Quentin to uh, to get rid of the bitterness because it's probably hurting him, you know, and you don't want that. You've Besides, the, it's his mom. You've heard the phrase "thirst trap," right? Where yes. you, 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 that's there is something delicious about someone who has wronged you or doubted you or cut you loose in the past, seeing your success and going, "Wow, that was a mistake for me to." get to downplay that person in my life but when it comes to your mama your okay, mama I'm, your mama I'm, might be a different story i'm a little i gotta admit i'm a little bit torn on this <laughs> all right so that's a pretty cold mom right there yeah. that's a pretty cold move that's a pretty cold mom right there uh, i'm with you austin tough love is one thing but that's that's a pretty cool you know pretty cold let me just smash your dreams kind of mom move right there and not to mention that you know his mom isn't entitled to a nickel, right? I mean, if if the successful child is going to, you know, turn around and, and share the wealth with family, that's up to the child, right? I mean, yeah, she's think not about, entitled think, think to Think of all of the sacrifices mom makes. Right, but I mean— In raising he, you and helping you along your way, he, you know, he may not remember all of that. So, I mean, again, I don't know what that relationship is Yeah, but you sign like. up for that when you have a kid, right? Like, Quentin didn't have himself. You know, like yeah, it's but not, it's not mom, like a, it wouldn't be him. But it's not like it's, that'd be a great Tarantino movie, though. It's it, it's not like you know she all of a sudden breaks out a leisure the day that Quentin's born and being like formula. Well, you're gonna pay for that one later. Uh, diapers. Let's see, twenty nine ninety five, and then on to, I mean that's not fair, right? So I I I'm a little torn. I'll I'll say this. 
Um, you you see this uh, from time to time uh, with athletes and, and probably in Hollywood and stuff too. But the the parent that disappeared from the life yes. of the kid and, and then re-emerges. comes back out of the woodwork yeah. when the success is happening. Oh, I don't blame. Yeah, I don't blame somebody for being like, oh, you're here now, are you? Well. And that's the case, not infrequently. Yeah, right. That happens quite a bit. I, I wouldn't blame somebody uh, successful, someone for cutting out a parent in those circumstances. Uh, not one bit. Have you, you've seen The Greatest Showman, right? Yeah. I don't know how historically accurate this moment is, but uh, Philo T. Farnham, no, what's his name? P.T. Barnum, P. T. excuse Barnum, me. Yeah. When his in-laws then come back around and he's hey, had all this success and yeah. he, he cannot wait to tell the guy where to where to stick it. Where to go. And everyone around him is going, no, let it go, let it go. That's my favorite part of the movie. Because that guy deserved to be told, get to stepping, you shouldn't, you don't belong here, you thought I'd be nothing. Yeah, and then, well, and that was a that was a very aggressive uh, father-in-law who was yeah he deserved him. it and he hit him as a kid and all that so anyway so I I yeah I I just think bitterness usually backfires on you Austin and I kind of disagree oh on it's that. tasty but I, I don't like it uh, although what you said if somebody doubted you and you conquered I mean that's got to feel good but I I don't think necessarily that's going to help you out to uh, remain, you know, with this bitterness in your heart. Now, I'm sure your saint of a mother would never do such a thing, but imagine if your mom said, hey, Gordon, this writing thing is just a silly dream. You should give it up and start welding or something. I mean, that would <laughs> that would probably create some bitterness. Oh, it would have been a lot handier around the house, probably. Can't you write about something that matters? <laughs> yeah. Sports? Come on. I think my dad wanted me to be a doctor. But but you know but he didn't stomp on your dream. No. You would have been a terrible no. doctor. Oh, I, yeah. I would have been really good. No, no. no. Oh yes, oh, I no. would. You're way yeah. too. My bedside manner is very good, and 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 I would have. I think I would have if I could have handled the uh, you know the schooling part of it. Uh, and I think I I would have been a good doctor. Yeah. You don't think so? What what makes you? Are you saying that just to be funny? Or are you no, saying that? No. Well, okay. Really you're you're, you're a, too normal. You like. Hmm. How do I put this? Like, it, this is one of your endearing qualities on the radio because it works on the radio. But you're a little scattered sometimes, you know. Like scattered. a little, a little. Sometimes the focus is is a little over Whoa, here, and a little real. over there, and you know, you'd be like, you'd be like uh, taking out somebody's gallbladder and being like, "Well, I see a rib there. Did I ever tell you about the time? <laughs> okay, hold on. That I ate ribs at a Chili's. You know, you know? sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, Jake, you are so damn confused." <laughs> And you are so confused on this. I do that on the show. But when I'm busy involved in something else, I I am very dialed in, very focused. Have you ever tried to interrupt me when I'm writing? I have you know, tried to interrupt you. You, you know how I get very I focused. Know, so know. if I'm taking out somebody's gallbladder, hey, I'm all about job one. Let me tell you, I, I had ribs once. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to sit there and do that. <laughs> Come on. Although you do see that on TV sometimes, the doctors having these conversations during surgery that have nothing to do with the matter at hand. But, right. uh, but that's uh, my only thought. I'm sure you would have been a fine. Whatever you would have uh, devoted your talents to, Gordon, I'm know. sure you no, would have been successful. True. That's not I just, true. I, you know, sometimes you got to line up your talents with what you're doing. And if you... For instance, gastroenterologist if Gordon Monson. If you're if you're really clumsy, you can't be a surgeon. If you don't have the dexterity, you know, if, you, for if you don't know how to put the dishes away properly, what's that got to do with doctoring? 
You kind of have to know where things go, don't well, you? Yeah, but you would, you would make that a priority. You can't turn to the orderly and go, oh, I'll just make a more, bigger and mess of this. I think I would be able to figure that out if I were motivated to do <laughs> See, and, and you mentioned your bedside manner. I, I feel like you would drop in like some horrible, awkward pun during an uncomfortable That's procedure. That's what I'm doing the you radio know? show. Like, That's I, not what I'm doing my doctoring. <laughs> One thing would be nice is playing golf four times a week. <laughs> Third oh. degree burn, huh? Oh man! All right. Well, I, I don't know whether I'm really a good doctor or not, but this is this is a big, big question. Going to give you the third degree. So here. many of our listeners out there have have had something in their mind that they wanted to do, they wanted to be, and they were looking for encouragement to pursue that dream, and they may not have gotten that encouragement, and then they end up doing something else instead. You know. What was if, that foot and mouth disease well, what, or what foot if, in what mouth what disease? What if Mozart had been, you know, if someone had told him, ah, bag the music and uh, go st- sweep the streets? That wouldn't have been good. I know, exactly. That's why Quentin should be bitter. I, well, see, it depends on the severity of the mothering. Plus, that, maybe she was it. putting her cigarettes out on his arm, as she told him. Yeah, right. she we could, don't yeah, know. Okay, well, if that's, if that's true, then I, I see what he's doing. But I would encourage him. To heal that wound. I wouldn't. The bitterness has obviously taken him to uh, unbelievable heights. Well, maybe it was other things. Maybe it was his talent that took him to those heights, not his bitterness. His bitterness might have been an anchor clanking alongside the boat as he went ahead. Yeah, it looks like he struggled. No, but I mean, you know, there are things that get in your way. Jim Morrison cut off his entire family. Like, they even came to see him at a concert once his mom did, and he refused to see her. Just gone okay there must have been some baggage there that was fairly severe i would say if not then shame on him what about that uh that golfer that uh cut off his family because of uh his high maintenance wife patrick reed yeah yeah or what aaron Rodgers is doing yeah he's had family family stuff see Hmm. bitterness it really it really helps you rise is that I mean, what we're getting if, to if, here? If it wasn't oh, it for, separates. If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers' bitterness side to his personality, would he really even be any good? I mean, Ugh. he's pretty much been bitter the whole time, right? Bitter Alex Smith went before him. Bitter Brett Favre was playing. Bitter Tom Brady was uh, was getting all the attention. <laughs> bitter, bitter they, they drafted Jordan Love. They drafted Jordan Bitter they wouldn't trade him. He's going to have his best season of his career this year because he's just bitter. <laughs> just And it just came out that uh, Jeopardy says if you want to be our new host, you have to quit your other gig. So that's going to well, make Well, he didn't get the Jeopardy bitter. host job. By the way, I know we're way over. How about How about the new Jeopardy host giving himself the job? Yeah, oh, I didn't hear it. They've chosen yeah, somebody? Yeah, it's the executive producer of the show. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just gave himself the job. Congratulations. Hey, we have an announcement to make, everybody. I've got the envelope right here, uh, here, right in front of my face. I'm going to open it and announce the new uh, host of Jeopardy. And it is open, open, open. Uh, what do you know? It's me. <laughs> That's terrible. What a surprise. Oh. I just want to thank everybody who helped make this happen. I want to start on the list with me. <laughs> I'll turn the time over to me. If it weren't for me, I know that I could never have accomplished this. So thank you to me. And not only that, but I'm quite gifted in spotting talent. It's me. (laughs) It's me. I looked in the mirror one morning and thought, you know what? (laughs) You are the next host of Jeopardy. I'll take best host for 400. (laughs) He's the executive producer. Does that mean that he's the boss? Is there somebody over him? 
I'm sure the owner of the Dern Network, I don't know. <laughs> they just tried out all these 18 people yeah, just for this guy. Yeah, celebrities, to... people that want to do it. You know, LeVar Burton, like a, like a learning Alvarez legend. Jeopardy. Yeah, he did bury Alvarez Jeopardy. That's well put. <laughs> That's exactly what he did. <laughs> the next host is... This guy. <laughs> Stay tuned. More next 975 and 1280 The Zone. I don't like him. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ute camp rolls on. Let's check in on the offense. Let's hear from Ute's head coach, Kyle Whittingham, on uh, his thoughts on the biggest need for improvement on offense. Uh, we think that we need to do a better job throwing the ball this year. That's that's one of our uh, objectives. Now, you know, we're not going to drop back and throw it 60 times, but we need to be more productive, have more, uh, and be more efficient in the throw game. This uh, Ute update brought to you by our friends at the Warehouse. Join us, the big show, coming up this Friday at the Warehouse, 1825 South 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the Warehouse. is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Time for a market update, brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo. How'd those markets do today? Strong day on uh, two of the three markets uh, on account of data that came out uh, sort of uh, tamping down fears about inflation. So the Dow, Jake, set an all-time high today at uh, up 220 points at 35,484. Tell me more. NASDAQ, however, was off 22, nearly 23 points. And so I lost a lot of money. 80 million is very steep. The wow. S- the S&P also set a fresh high at 4,447.70, up nearly 11 points today. You know what we're talking about. So, overall, a good day. 80 million bucks? God, what was that sunk into? Well, we, we were talking about who were we talking about on that? Oh, Sounded we were like you. About, no, we were talking about. Uh, and so I lost shrewd. a lot of money. Eighty million is very steep. Didn't say Dennis lost a lot of money. He said I. I think that was some clever editing on your part. 
Well, sounded I guess legit thanks for the compliment, but <laughs> those are your words in that order. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so good day on the market on the whole. Except for you. Eighty million bucks. Can you imagine? And they shred. Did you see his uh his personal announcement about how excited he is to put on the green and white for the Celtics next year and do what he loves? It was all in comic sans. <laughs> It's all in what? Comic Sans, the font, uh, the little kid font thing. He's got to just be so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but he he knows the score at this point. He's got to go in and impress with the Celtics in a one year deal, and then uh, he'd have to win the MVP. B- bounce now. it back up he, to get eighty million dollars in the next contract. <laughs> he's got to win it all and be the MVP. But see, he probably figures, well, I was once good enough to impress people like that, including myself, for having turned down that contract offer. For the what was it eighty five in total eighty five minutes just under yeah and uh, so so I don't know what's he supposed to do he can't whine and cry about it at this point what's more help. likely he makes up that eighty million bucks or washes out of the league <laughs> probably the latter but he can still make a bunch of money I mean it might not be eighty million but he's going to be all right when all is said and done and that's what I worry about most with. All individuals, it's just their ability to clothe their family and keep a roof over their heads and, you know, you know feed the family. That's really important. And I think that Dennis Schroeder is going to be okay in that regard. However, it could drive him a little crazy if he let it. Is he your nephew or something? God. You're being awfully forgiving about this. Well, Dennis Gordon Schroeder? It's okay, Dennis. You know... Sometimes you lose eighty million bucks. Well, what's he supposed to do at this okay. point? You know, there's nothing he can do about oh, that. Move to Montana and disappear from public no, eye. No, because he can make a bunch. He can make millions and millions more. He can't. He won't. It won't happen. I'd probably. He's got a one-year deal, and after that, he can you know be paid. What Work at Walmart. <laughs> Come on, guys. Go back he's, to skateboarding. He's a decent player. He is a good skateboarder. What do you think a, a, a contract would run him? Uh, put out a contract on the old agent. <laughs> Are you planning a murder on air? No, no. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. That, that would be my first contemplation. I mean, how do you want it done? I mean, could you at least could hypothetically you, could you just disappear him? Like you don't have to have him murdered, but maybe just drop him on a deserted island or something. But you want it clean where it can't be traced. Yeah, back right. And, like one day he's here, the yeah. next he's gone. You pay for what you get. Right. I've heard. But I, I would guess for like what ten percent of the contract he just signed with Boston, you could probably make that happen. What's ten percent? Five hundred grand? Yeah, yeah, that's a good solid. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in in theory, I I want this dude dropped in Austin, Guam. Austin, you're frightening me. Why? This is we're just this is all just spaghetti against the wall, man. Just seeing if it sticks. It, you seem to be very well informed as far as this process goes. I've watched a lot of Dateline. <laughs> so you know all the ins and outs. But that agent uh, has got to be ruined for life, right? Gone. Like, you know, as soon as he approaches a, a would-be client and says, hey, I'm the guy who cost Dennis Schroeder $80 million bucks, <laughs> that's got to be the end of the conversation. Yeah, can, you thought Razor Ghoul was blacklisted. Oh, so. Max Ghoul? That guy, yeah. No, he's not blacklisted. That dude was brilliant. <laughs> that guy got Ennis Cantor maxed out. I think, we, I think we should change Schroeder's name to a verb, you know, getting Schroedered. Maybe. Max Ragul, Dennis Ennis Cantor better still be paying that guy. That guy is a that guy is a 
That's the best agent ever. Who's George Hill's former agent? Yeah, that guy should be <clears throat> embarrassed. Oh, you win some, you lose some. You're not supposed to, though, as an agent. You're supposed to win <laughs> some all the time. Yeah, I suppose you, so. You, you imagine Schroeder's agent comes to him and he says, you know, Dennis, you win some, you lose some, bud. Who's the best agent of all time? Max Aragul, I just told you. No. And his canter is all No, really. Agent. Who's the best? The dude, Jerry Maguire. Who's the dude in baseball who got blamed for something? Uncle somebody? Dennis, uh, Kwai's oh, agent. You know who I'm talking about. Scott Sc- Boris. That guy. Yeah. 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 By best, I'm, it's sort of a weird way of saying it because uh, best might not equal the most. Well, Scott Boris, most, how good uh, agent is he where he gets honorable. to the point where he can just cherry pick every superstar he wants? It's not very hard to negotiate Alex Rodriguez's contract at the peak of his career. <laughs> yeah, but that still was a shocking number. A uh, shocking that, number I bet you could have negotiated for him at the time. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll have more of what's going on coming up next. Lock at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Time to chat with Max Tooley. Give us a story or two about your mission. Something that was unique about my mission was I was assigned to speak Mandarin on my mission. Wow. So, yeah, it was quite the, you know, the tall order. Got to serve in different areas where, uh, you know, where specific, you know, Chinese students would be. I loved my mission. That Mandarin's going to serve you well down the line for sure. There's <laughs> yeah. no doubt about that. We appreciate your time and thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, uh, Max, why me? Oh, why me? Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you later. I know a little Mandarin. Look at you. You Both just Googled that. No, I did not. I know why I mean means I love you. Because... You just told Max Tooley I love you? Yeah, well, yeah, now that I think about it, I did. That's a little awkward. He said it back, though. Oh, this is uncomfortable. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here from my friends at Peach Window and Door. When it comes to custom windows and doors, they they are the people to talk to. They've been Utah's premier window and door retailer, combining beauty and technology on windows and doors since 1993. They are huge jazz fans. Even if you just want to stop by and shoot the breeze, talk a little Utah jazz basketball, I'd recommend you doing so. Cindy and her group are just wonderful. And of course, when I mentioned custom work, they can do it all. If you can dream it, they can do it. Let me tell you what sets Peach apart. They are a turnkey window and door company. As I mentioned, they do custom work all the time. But here's the thing. They don't do the subcontractor thing. They're not going to hand you off to somebody else. You're not going to get ghosted. They talk to you. They believe in customer service. They're going to take care of you throughout the entire process. And when it comes down to it, they've got crews that install your windows and doors. And they back up their work with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. I know what a concept that is rare in today's world. They offer 0% interest financing available. They have free in-home estimates, so find out for yourself. You can go to peachbuildingproducts.com, find out why they have over 255-star reviews on Google. Go by their showroom. It's beautiful, 2940 South, 300 West, right there in Salt Lake City. Or call them. Schedule one of those in-home estimates, 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255, Peach Window and Door.